Hey, welcome to Lakeview Sermon of the Week. We're so grateful to have you here, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. You get to minister in Matt's place. I feel really honored and humbled, and um, I want to say that what God gave me, I had a hard week. Who had it? Did anybody have a hard week this week? Have some challenges? We still here, praise God. <laughs> We're standing. <laughs> Praise God. So I am here to encourage you today. I'm here to exhort you today. Um, I feel like I'm here. Uh, we have to be comfortable and not embarrassed by saying, I think God is using me right now. <sighs> Lightning don't strike me. Because in my flesh, that hurts to say, because I feel like I'm going to butcher this. But I also feel like God has given me a prophetic word for this church. And it's something to prepare us for what is coming. I know he gave it to me because I wasn't in a good enough mind frame this week. I dealt with sickness and chaos and different things. And so I know this was not from me. This was from God. And so we're going to get in the word. God, I just pray right now that every word that is spoken in the next few minutes is led by your spirit. God, that it is not me. God, I get out of the way, Lord, and I ask you to be in the forefront of this word, God. Lord, I ask that, God, however I present it, whether it's good or bad, Lord, that they will hear your spirit in it, God, and that it will change us, that it will make us more like you, God, that we won't leave here the way we walked in those doors, God, but we will leave here from glory to glory, that we will have your face shining on us, God, and that our heart will be pierced with your word, that it will be changed by your word, Lord. And that it will be impressed upon us, not as a heavy burden, Lord, but a burden that is light, Lord, that we can float out of here on your wind, God, on your wings, Lord, commissioned by you and ready, ready for what's coming. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to look at John seven thirty seven, and this is kind of the key over hanging scripture. Obviously, we're going to be talking about wells, but I'm taking a little bit of a different turn as well. Can you all imagine Jesus standing up at a feast? These feasts were highly attended. We think this room is full. Um, these feasts were, I mean, everyone come from everywhere around. And you know, we think of Jesus as this kind of quiet, gentle man who one time went into a, a temple and turned over tables. <sighs> Jesus had mastered gentleness. He was the master of gentleness, yet obedience to the Father. <laughs> Woo! That sometimes it's okay to raise your voice. If it's a holy moment. But it's not okay to raise your voice if it's not in gentleness and love. 
Jesus stood up on the last and greatest day of the festival. <laughs> Woo, where all these people were drunk with wine, hangovers. He had to get their attention. <laughs> Come on. And Jesus stood in a loud voice. In the King James, it said he cried out. In the Greek, it, mean, it meant, one of the words was screeching. Okay? He screamed. Yes, Jesus screamed. If you ever feel Jesus spank you, and I've felt it before, as a, he, as a parent coming down and spanking me, I have felt it. Woo, he's put me in my place before. And that's okay. <laughs> I'm grateful for it. So Jesus stood. Are y'all okay with Jesus screaming at you? Can you take correction? Can you take a gentle, loving God saying, get over here and listen to me? Because this is what he's saying to his sons and his daughters. This tells me that it's something to listen to. He said, let anyone who is thirsty <laughs> come to me and drink. Y'all, being a mama is a lot of work. A lot of work. And we do a lot of talking, but there's not a lot of listening. And I'm telling you, I don't just have Kennedy and Abigail that I have to raise my voice at. Oh, y'all thought I was talking about my third child? <laughs> y'all got it before I did. I was actually talking about a few of y'all in this room. <laughs> but that one too. <laughs> For sure. That video that he posted, I, did y'all see that? Yeah, I'm getting off track. Okay, well. There are some, some of y'all in this room, some of my spiritual daughters in this room, who I have told something to, and I wanted to grab you by the shirt and say, in love, this is what I'm saying. Or maybe I did do that, because I'm pretty passionate and don't hold back all the time. And you don't listen to me sometimes. And it's the prompting of the Spirit. It's not me. Oh, some of y'all, even adult children, have had your adult elderly parents plead with you and grab you by the shirt and say, please, and you're still not listening. We've got to have ears to hear and an obedient heart. An obedient heart. Have you taken it to prayer? Have you taken what they've said to prayer? If my kids can't learn how to submit to my leadership as their mother, they're not going to learn how to submit to the leadership of God. We've got to submit. We've got to hear. We've got to listen. So when y'all don't listen, when they don't listen... 
It can be exhausting. Y'all know when somebody, you've pled with somebody and, and they're not listening and it's exhausting and it just almost depletes you of all the energy that you thought you had? <laughs> Anybody ever running off energy that you don't even know you had? <laughs> and so you realize that, wow, I'm pulling from this place that I didn't even know I have. And one of the things I'm learning um, as I insert slowly here in parentheses, as I slowly uh, mature in life, <laughs> is anybody else a slow mover like I am? Is anybody my age and still maturing? Come on, give me an amen. Don't, oh, I'm not the only one. Thank you, Stacy. Thank you. <laughs> For the non-proud people that say they're slow movers, and sometimes it takes a while to mature. We're not, none of us are there yet, okay? But one of the things I'm learning as I mature in this kind of uh, mama nurturing work of trying to teach and nurture um, in addition to just surviving the craziness of a life in 2022, can I get an amen? amen? All that can be really exhausting. And we have to be very careful and mindful of where we're placing our energy. Because let's face it, life is a lot these days. 2022 is no joke. Our society, what our teens are dealing with, what our adolescents are dealing with, what we're dealing with because they're dealing with, I mean, it's just like, it's a lot. And there's a lot of demons we're dealing with. Let's not forget that. That it's not flesh and blood, but it's demonic powers, principalities, darkness. We're dealing with those things. You are, not just pastors, not just leaders, you are. You are dealing, whether you want to acknowledge it or not. You can live in a little false happy place where, oh, no, demons don't touch me. But they're after you. So I, because of these things, find myself running on empty. So what the Lord is showing me is that I have to be a well, a place where he can come in and, and fill me. Because if I do it out of my own strength, what's going to happen? You know, that's what I did say before when I was writing these notes and then I checked myself. I said, you know, I, I work it out of my own strength and then I run out, so then I turn to God but really, and it seems like God is plan B in those situations, but God can't be a plan B. He's always your plan A. You just decide to choose the plan A or you don't. <laughs> God's not a plan B. You may not choose him, but he is always present, always there to be your plan A. And did you know if you still haven't chosen plan A, today you can choose plan A. <laughs> that he's there to fill us up. Okay, so let's read Psalm 147. And we're going to be revisiting John 7, 37. And Jesus is screaming to come if you're thirsty. Anyone. 
Everybody say anyone. Anyone. Say, I'm an anyone. That person I've been praying for is an anyone. Oh, yeah, y'all aren't. Okay, good. Y'all are with me. Psalm 147. His pleasure is not in the strength of the horse. It ain't ironic that we're living in hot springs. And the second thing people know about hot springs are horses. (laughs) Woo. I don't care how big that place gets. God's bigger. He's going to do something bigger in this city. Woo. And we're digging the wells for him to do it. His pleasure is not in the strength of a horse. That doesn't even. Y'all stop griping about Oaklawn. Let's just say it. Stop griping about it. He doesn't even take pleasure in that. He doesn't even look, look at it. Stop letting things that don't bother God bother you. Be released from it. If we were just in the presence and the love of Jesus all the time, we wouldn't be hot and bothered so much. We would be freed, and I'm preaching to the choir here. I get hot and bothered a lot. I'm sorry, babe. A lot. I just do. I get wound up tight, and then I have to get on my face up here. Y'all know what I'm saying, and it's okay. It's okay because God knows my heart. He knows your heart. Nor is his delight... In the legs of the warrior or the strength of a man. He wants us to be powerless so he can be powerful. He doesn't care about your strength. Even if your strength does get you from A to B, it really didn't get you there. I'm sorry to tell you. (laughs) It wasn't your strength. It was God leading you, even unbeknownst to you. (laughs) So you need to get on your knees. We need to get on our knees more often and thank him for the times he helped us, even when we thought it was (sighs) ourselves. God, take our lofty minds down and take our spirit higher so we can see things differently. Less of me, more of you. But the Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. So he delights in those who fear him. And we know that this doesn't mean afraid. It's a reverence. But can you reverence somebody if you don't even make eye contact with them? Or if you don't even physically change your body? Uh, You know, some people bow. Um... We raise our hands. Okay, so there's a reverence there. But you're not going to raise your hands or bow or make eye contact and smile if you don't make time and mindful efforts to do that. Stay with me. That requires making space and time for God. So he needs space. Everybody say, he needs space. He needs my pastor space. Keep repeating. He needs my pastor space, but he also needs my space. Oh, yes, he does. 
He wants your space. Haley, he wants your space, baby. He's doing something so awesome in your life. He's putting the pieces together. As you align yourself with him, beauty is just going to flow. Every dark place is going to be exposed with the light of his love. Wow. And he's going to make up for some things that you've lost. Get in the quiet time with him and he's going to bless you, exalt you. And you're going to do things for God that you never imagined you would do if you just say yes. That's all he wants is your yes. Mm, Love those God moments. But he needs our space. He wants our space. Amen? Okay, so Abigail does this thing where every single morning, and Matt can vouch for this, she runs and she finds a pair of shoes to put on. Every morning from the moment she wakes up. But I'm going to tell you, if she first finds shoes that are too small, she gets real mad. And yes, I'm that mom who hasn't doesn't always clean out the small stuff immediately out of her closet. So she'll put on these shoes that are a hair too small, and she's like, they're too big, because she gets them switched you know, switched around, and I know they're too small, and she hates it, the feet, you know, she hates the feeling, she doesn't know what to do, so I take them off, and I say, go to your closet and get another pair. Well, she runs to Sissy's closet, (laughs) and she finds Kennedy's rain boots, (laughs) which are not only ginormous on her feet, but also come up to about here on her. And somehow she will wear either these shoes or those old tennis shoes of Kennedy's that are probably still too big for Kennedy and puts those on and will shuffle her feet. But she has the best, most joyful time in those shoes that are too big for her. Probably because it makes her feel big. It makes her feel more powerful. There's something about extra space where we feel free, where we feel empowered. Y'all women know what I'm talking about. When your bedroom's a mess, when you can do a 360 in your house, anywhere in your house, and all you see is clutter, like I often do, and I feel crazy, and I don't feel free, and I just want to (laughs) die. Got those crazy mama eyes just now. Surely I'm not the only one that that happens to. (laughs) I don't prefer it to be that way. I prefer the space. What woman in history has not said, I need a bigger house? We need a bigger house because we need more space. You know, to put all our junk away so then we can have junk in drawers in an open space. (laughs) Men, I know... We're from Mars. Just get over it. (laughs) Or Venus or whatever it is. That's all good. We're different. But men and women, y'all can probably on some level agree with me that a clean space, a non-cluttered space, there's something about freedom in that. Have you ever had a cluttered car? Ooh, that's me all the time. 
and I clean it out, and I vacuum, and I'm like, whoa, and I'm driving down the road, and my car smells good, and I'm like, this is nice. I feel like I need to go get, like, my nails done and a Starbucks coffee because I just feel like a better quality of person. I'm like, I am higher quality right now. (laughs) I may feel a little rich. I don't know. Like, I just feel better when there's no clutter. Can anybody understand what I'm saying? So that's why I think Abigail likes those big shoes. There's just something about the extra space. God not only requires it to do a work in our life, but he desires and takes pleasure in us giving him extra space. Extra space, which is really, really a challenge in 2022 to do. But just because it's a challenge does not mean that it is not doable. Everybody say, it's doable. doable. (laughs) So what happens a lot of times is I think when we, we clutter our lives with different things that we call good that aren't really God yeses, I'm going to say that again. Sometimes we clutter our lives with things that are really good, but we didn't consult God first, and we didn't get a yes or no from him. And so that it becomes clutter, and we don't even take the time to have spiritual eyes to see this clutter. And so what happens is, is that, I'm just going to be real, mental things happen. Mental illness. Not all mental illness is genetic. I'm going here. I'm not going to ask for forgiveness for you either. Some we bring on ourselves because we clutter our life space with things that are not of the Spirit. And I'm not calling any one thing out because what God might say yes to you, Cheryl, he might say no to you, Ashley. Because our lives aren't the same. We're all on different paths, on different ways. Like we're just here, there, and everywhere, which is how he made us to be. But we've got to consult God. So when you compare yourself to somebody else's life, like all my friend's kids are in gymnastics. Kennedy really wants to do gymnastics. I haven't got a clear yes from God yet to allow Kennedy yet into gymnastics. And I have to wait for him to say yes to me. So it's not right for my kid to be in gymnastics just because somebody else's kids are in gymnastics. I have to get a yes from God even in the details of my life. I have to make space for him. And if God says no to me and no to my child, I'm going to teach her that it's more important to listen to God and make space for him to do what he wants to do than what we think is right and better. Period. Period. Oh, Jesus. Ooh. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go here. 
Some of y'all like the anxiety. Some of y'all have created a space intentionally aside from the spirit of God. You love God, but you have not been led by God. And you have created a space that then creates an anxiety in you, anxiety in you that gives you attention. You play with it. You don't put it on the altar. You come to the altar because you've got anxiety, because you think it brings you close to God, but you got rejection that needs to go. And he says, you don't have to have the anxiety or something wrong with you to run to me. All, all are not good enough and all need to run to me. Don't create a cluttered space that in your mind, will make a way to get you to God. Because you're not going to get delivered that way. Jesus. He can deliver you. He wants you to be delivered of that mindset. Not all things are generational curses. Some things you just grabbed a hold of, thought it was good and got you something, and you held on to it, made a life pattern out of it. Jesus can break patterns. His spirit can break patterns. So we've got to be a well. We have got to make space, not just to be an open space for God to come in, but a meeting space. Okay? It's got to be a meeting space. And we're going to call those today wells. Okay? Everybody say wells. We have to dig wells. But we have to remember that the well isn't the source. It's the space that holds the source. Is anybody a well digger in the place? Please say no. Please say no. Well, if I say something wrong today, y'all just pretend you didn't hear it, okay? This is a very 101 well lesson, okay? (laughs) Because I am not a, a physical well digger, but I hope to be one in the spirit. Amen? Okay, but to know a little bit more about well digging, we have to know even what a well is, okay? So a well in here, okay, is an engineered hole, so it's dug in the ground via which groundwater from an aquifer, yes, I had to Google an aquifer because it's been a while since I've been out of school or in school. So it's a place where underground water has formed in a space Okay, and there's a pool of water, a space of water that has come together, and people build or dig wells, okay, uh, open wells to get to those places of water. So the water can be brought to the surface. Okay, you see this exchange? Like, here's the water, here's the person, you dig the well, and you bring up the water. It's like an exchange. Okay, so if we can imagine us as wells and digging wells in our life, what are we digging it to? Jesus said, anyone, anyone, everybody say, anyone who is thirsty can come to me (laughs) and drink. He told the woman at the well, if you drink, you'll never be thirsty again, ever again. 
ever again. Y'all, when I do word studies, sometimes my mind gets blown. Let's, can you go back to Psalm 147? The Spirit prompted me to go back to Psalm 147 and look up this word, and I'm so glad I did. Listen to this. Psalm 147.10. Let's look at that. He does not delight. What did it say? First it said the horses, but then it said the, in the legs of man. For some reason, Spirit told me to look up the Hebrew word for legs. Y'all won't believe this. <laughs> the Hebrew word for legs here is shuk, which means overflow or water. <laughs> I'm not lying. Y'all go look it up. It means overflow or water. So he does not delight, come on, in the water of man, but he... He delights in those who make a space for him, who make a space for his water, who create a meeting place where we're taken in his water, not our own water. He doesn't delight in that. He is not pleased in that. He is not pleased when you do something awesome if it wasn't awesome in him. So if, and I'm going to give y'all a little bit of our perspective that God has helped us with. If y'all come to us with something awesome or a talent or an ability or something you've done and you want to do it again in, in our spirit, and the spirit says, they haven't done that out of my spirit. They've done it out of their spirit. We're not going to be impressed. We're not going to cheer for you or pat you on the back. We're going to nurture the spirit of God in you. So you can do it out of the spirit now, out of his water. We're going to help you create a well where you are meeting with God on your own and that you are drinking and resourcing from him. Wow. I love that. That was so cool to me. <laughs> okay. Here's something else about a well. Shallow wells. If you just build a shallow well, it's susceptible to bacteria. Which that totally makes sense, right? If there's a landfill close and it rains, it's going to get into that well space and contaminate it. If you're in a shallow place with God, you're just a place ready for the enemy to come in and ransack <laughs> what you got going. Because that's what he wants to do. But a deep well... <laughs> a deep well is farther from contamination. Come on, a shallow well is influenced by seasonal precipitation and drought. Okay, it either floods or it comes, it dries up because it's shallow. But a deep well is not influenced by seasonal things, by seasonal precipitation, by seasonal drought. Because how many of y'all know drought happens? The Lord allows drought to happen in our life. We can expect droughts. But if we've dug a deep well, then we're digging out of the source that is not of ourself, but it's out of God. And we don't have to worry about the seasons. We don't have to worry about when something bad happens.
happens to me. I saw Brother Dwayne this morning dropping something off, and he was wearing uh, shorts, and I could see the things on his leg where he had had infection just a week ago and was in the hospital, and he just was praising God for walking. He was just praising God and letting truth come out of his mouth, and I know that he wasn't living in a shallow well. He's dug some wells. He's dug some deep wells. Because as a church, if God has greater things for us, we can't do greater things if we're getting knocked down all the time. If we're living in the shallow waters. Sha, 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 sha. I don't know. I just thought about that song. I don't know. That just came to me. <laughs> what time is it? Here's something else. The definition of a deep well is subjective to the environment. Get this. If there are rocks under the surface, you have to dig that well and you get to the rocks. The rocks will cause it to be, um, you can't get to the water. So what would you have to do? Bust up the rock. Holy Spirit, when I read this, said to me that I'm thinking these rocks are painful things in your life. They're distractions. They're pain that have left scars. And some of you don't have these rocks, but some of you have these rocks and you think, I can't dig the deep wells because I'm still dealing with these rocks. I'm still dealing with these painful things in my life that have marred me, that changed me. I'm not the nice person I used to be. So now I'm this way. So it prevents me from digging a well to get to you, God. But God is saying, I can get you through the rocky places. I can get you through it. It just means that you may have to dig past the rocks or bust them up, get deliverance, get the anointing, because we know that the anointing, it's only the anointing, say it's only the anointing that destroys the yoke. Isaiah 10, 27 says, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. And if you think of a yoke, it was talking about like a, a yoke that's on like an ox and it's on their neck, right? If something's on your neck or you're having neck pain, can you function? It's hard to function. It's hard to breathe. But it says the anointing in some versions, if you read the different versions, it'll say instead of anointing, it'll say fat. It was a barrier between the yoke and the living thing that created a barrier. <laughs> the, that it, it um, kept it, it protected it from the yoke. So the enemy's trying to put a yoke on you or has been successful in putting the yoke. But the good thing about the anointing is it can impenetrate anything and it comes in and it slips in between the yoke and it slips in between you and the yoke and creates a protective barrier and it gives you provision and it busts up those rocks. We're free when we make a space for God and let the anointing come in 
we're free in Jesus' name. Amen? So he provides a protection from the pain where rather than you being always informed, all your actions and words being informed by pain, (laughs) this is good. You're not bearing fruit from pain, you're bearing fruit from him and his deliverance. And you are not your pain, you are the product of God who bore your pain. Everybody say that, I'm the product of the blood of Jesus. We need to know who we are in Jesus' name, and we need to keep digging. We need to keep digging. If you're not fully convinced, keep digging. Keep digging. We all must dig deep enough to cope with those times of the year when the water table is at its, its lowest point. And it's in the deep wells when we encounter the presence of God. And that's the source of our life. That's the source of our joy. That's the source of our peace. We see things backwards. We think that certain things in our life are keeping us from joy. But God says, I am your joy. He's already given it to you. And it comes receiving it. So you know, like, God has given it to me, but why don't I have it? It's because you haven't been faithful in taking it. Faithfulness is key. It's crazy how God put this together, but he took me, and I'm going to end on this. He took me to Matthew 25, and y'all can go there. I put 19 through 23 up on the screen. So we're going to read that. We know that this was Jesus' words, and he was teaching on the parable of the talents. And each parable said the kingdom of God is like. So he's talking about the kingdom of God. Who's the kingdom of God? Woo! We are in Jesus' name. So we're just going to talk about the last two. So after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Verse 20 says, So he who had received five talents came and brought five other talents. And talents here can represent resources, like your resources, time, Money, abilities, authority. So he he delivered, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. Look at verse 21. His Lord said to him, well done. Woo. Did anybody catch that word play? Well done. I about jumped out of my chair when I read this. I said, Lord, I know you took me here for a reason. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a little, over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. And then how many of y'all know we reap what we sow or cause and effect? He told him, now enter into the joy of your Lord faithfulness in digging the wells, faithfulness in digging the wells where we can say, wells, check it off my list. It's done in Jesus' name. I have been faithful in digging the wells and I can enter into the joy of the Lord in those meeting places with him. The presence is everything. But then there's another one. Verse 22, it said, he also who had received two talents came back and said, Lord, 
you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents beside them. And his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful over a few things and I will make you a ruler over many things. Enter in to the joy of the Lord. (laughs) So everyone received different amounts. But everyone received something. And did you know, I didn't do all the math. I looked it up. It was a lot. Each talent, it was a currency. And it was a lot. For a mere servant to have been handed this currency and say, here, go do something with it. They had been given a large amount. Even the one with just one or two. So everyone in this room has been given a godly currency. He has given you all resources, abilities, things to use to build his kingdom. And according to your situation, he says, go. Dig the wells. Be faithful. And enter into my joy. His joy is his glory. Y'all, I desire to see the Shekinah glory in this room. Do y'all know what Shekinah glory is? It's the physical, tangible presence of God. Have y'all ever been into a room? I've heard about rooms getting like foggy. I'm saying out now because I want to prophesy it. I want to declare it. That that this room... That our homes, as we dig the wells in our homes, that as we dig the wells here together, that God's going to come meet us in that place. And that his glory is going to be filled in that place. And I desire for you guys to be hungry for that too. And for desire to desire the things that God takes pleasure in. Y'all know the one with the one. What did he go and do with it? He buried it in the ground. Did he have to do some digging to bury it? So not all digging is productive. Not all digging is spiritual. Stop digging in the wrong places. Stop digging when God doesn't say to dig there. He may say to dig over here. He may say that looks like water over there, but it's not me. It's not going to give you um, uh, sustenance. It's not going to help you in your thirst. That's not the place. Don't busy yourself there. You're going to exhaust yourself there. Come over here to my place of water. Come over here to my place where I've called you to dig a well. Start digging it. Start being faithful here. Start listening to my commands and what to say. I'll give you the instruction. I'll give you the deliverance to get past the rocky places. I'll give you the peace to go further. We may not understand everything that happens to us in our lives, but it does not give us an excuse to stop digging the wells. God, we want to dig your wells, Lord. Ooh. Ooh. I believe it's in Genesis 37, Abraham, before Abraham had dug wells, 
But the Amalekites had come in after Abraham had died and put earth in the wells and covered him up. And years later, Isaac went back and God showed him. He said, be faithful here. So the wells looked covered up. They looked like they weren't places that would give him water. They didn't look like they were resourceful places, but God said, be faithful in this and redig these wells. And every well he redug, and there was water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 12, verse 3 says, Joyfully you will draw waters from the springs of deliverance or salvation. God, today we joyfully dig into your springs, Lord. Close the doors that need to be closed. Open the doors that need to be opened. God, we will trust in you. Come on, somebody stand with me and declare this. I make myself tired doing it for you. God says, let's do it together. Let's do it together. Your leaders can't just pray over you all the time and declare it for you. You have to say, I'm digging it myself. I'm going to get the shovel out. I'm going to get the tools I need that God has given me, and I'm going to dig this well. I'm going to be faithful in it. Some of y'all have been witchy-washy, and the Lord says, I love you. I don't delight in those ways. I delight when you fully commit to me. And when you do that, and you go all in, and you don't care what people think about you anymore, God's going to deliver you, and he's going to take you to a deep place, and it's going to help this body go to a place that we've never experienced before. Oh, she da la la I've asked them to sing this song. Some of you who need to just say, God, I want to be more faithful. <laughs> Show me where to dig. I'm going to be honest. I feel like we're sitting on a well or on, a, on, on God's water, and this is a place where we need to dig. And it's not gone deep enough yet, but God says, dig a little deeper. Dig a little deeper. But we need you on board. We need you digging with us. And we need you digging while knowing that God's going to take care of you while you're doing the digging. In Jesus' name. Y'all sing this song. And if y'all want to commit your faithfulness to the Lord, run down. Get to the altar. Raise your hand in your seat. Whatever, but commit to Him. Say, God, my faithfulness is yours, Lord. Show me. Within you are pulled. 
Thanks for tuning in. Our hope is that these messages will help you on your journey of discovering who Christ is and who you are in Him. You can learn more about our ministry at lvahs.org or follow us on Instagram at lakeview.hs.